0: Hello and welcome to 10 Minutes on Women and Policing from the Joint Public Issues team. I'm Hazel Lee, the JPIT intern, and with me is Hannah as one of the JPIT parliamentary interns. Before we start, we'd just like to let you know that this episode will discuss incidents of violence and sexual harassment against women. If that is a difficult topic for you, there is no obligation to stay. Please just choose another episode to listen to. So today we're going to be talking about women and policing, which has been in the news a lot recently. We're aware that there are lots of wider discussions going on currently with the police, but as we only have 10 minutes, we're just going to focus particularly on the issue of women. Hannah, do you want to just give us some context behind this?
1: Yeah, definitely. So today is the two year anniversary of the abduction and subsequent murder of Sarah Everett by a police officer near Clapham. Mm -hmm. In response to this case, there was a report commissioned by the Home Office that warned across many UK police forces there is a culture of misogyny, sexism and predatory behaviour towards both female colleagues and members of the public. However, unfortunately since then, things clearly haven't changed. Um, Recently, we saw the headline of police officer David Carrick, who pleaded guilty to 49 offences, including 24 rapes, in spite of concerns being raised about him previously.
0: Yeah, and I think it's not just these um, acts of violence against women. Um, In the wake of the Sarah Everard case, the vigil on Catherine Common drew real press attention. Sue Fish, who was the leader of the Nottinghamshire Police Force, commented that the force were, and I quote, institutionally misogynistic in terms of their approach to the event. Um, So it isn't just these specific acts of violence against women there is a kind of institutional um, attitude which is which is ingrained and I wonder Hannah if you could just kind of go over a little bit more about what policing is and it's what it's supposed to be I suppose.
1: Yeah definitely so I think the the long-standing philosophy of British policing is this idea of policing by consent So the Home Office say policing by consent denotes that the legitimacy of policing in the eyes of the public is based upon a general consensus of support that follows from transparency about their powers, demonstrating integrity and exercising those powers and their accountability for doing so. So I think that's a really good place to start with transparency, integrity and accountability as this supposed basis behind police power. Because then we have research from the Centre for Women's Justice that one woman a week has come forward to report a serving
0: police officer for domestic or sexual violence. I think in general, reporting of domestic abuse and domestic violence has kind of gone up hugely in recent years, possibly to do with the pandemic. But it's worth pointing out that actually it's not just these acts of public violence that a lot of violence against women um, occurs behind closed doors. In the last financial year, 2.4 million adults aged 16 not over experienced domestic abuse and almost three quarters of them were women. Um, so that I just think it's worth noting that as we yeah, go through
1: definitely. and sort of the reporting of it is, is really hard the Guardian reported that almost all of the women who contacted them as victims of domestic abuse or sexual offences by police officers were subject to victimisation by the abuser's colleagues revenge mm-hmm. through criminalisation and in at least one case a woman took her life as a consequence mm-hmm. so I think when you have this it's, it's really hard to see these original foundations of transparency, integrity and accountability
0: It's really encouraging that all the main political parties kind of at least on paper have acknowledged that violence against women and girls is a very real and very prevalent issue um, that needs addressing. Um, And I think with police wellbeing at a real low, with 48% of police officers reporting a low personal morale, um, those police officers who do act with integrity and respect towards the general public are, I'm sure, incredibly uncomfortable about associations that happen due to some of the high profile cases in recent years. So I think we need to recognise that whilst the institutional issues with the police are very much alive, there are many hard-working police officers who do just want to do a good job and protect people. And really, I'm sure really struggling with, with the issues that are going on at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think the big question is sort of how the government can respond to this when you have these different sides of the police force Mm. and asking whether this is something that can be solved through the police when heavy-handed or inappropriate behaviour is such a big part of the problem. Mm. And the other question of how much does this response try and stop the threat of violence and how much is it placing the burden on victims to prevent the violence? Yeah. I remember when Croydon police came under fire for saying, avoid walking alone, keep to well-lit areas, hashtag tackling violence against women.
0: Yeah, it's almost almost laughable. Um, For me, I live not far from Clapham Common where Sarah Everard was abducted and I think we sometimes underestimate the the mental burden it can be for for women walking alone at night. And I think it's partly this kind of consistent culture that that we as women experience from from a very young age that walking home at night is dangerous, that you need to hold your keys in your fist, you need to take your headphones out, or so really alert. It's kind of drilled in from a really young age, and actually, we need to take that mental burden off women and spread it amongst amongst society more broadly.
1: Yeah, and it's how do we tackle something that's clearly like so ingrained to our culture? And mm-hmm. we, you know, we already have laws against harassment and assault. So you can ask whether increasing police presence to tackle these is going to be effective. A 2018 Freedom of Information request found that more than half of all police forces in England and Wales have a record of arresting domestic and sexual violence survivors who have insecure immigration status
0: yeah and I think what you're saying about it not just being a problem that can be solved by police Hannah is really good there like actually prevention is far more effective and changing and affecting the cultures that we're part of will make a massive difference um so whether that's funding into the local authorities health services education services or communities that'll actually ease the pressure on policing and create more kind of stable communities which do kind of share that burden a little bit more Mm. I wonder if we could just kind of think about how our faith actually feeds into these issues, um, particularly Hannah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it can be a difficult question for Christians to engage with. You know, there's not really a unified view on the police as an institution but I think if we return to those three legitimators of police power as transparency, integrity and accountability, these are things that Christians can be very comfortable with and pursue. Yeah, yeah. So what, one of JPIT's six hopes is a politics characterised by listening, kindness and truthfulness looking at violence against women these are so relevant it's so clear that what we're lacking is listening to victims well, treating women with kindness and actually being truthful about the institutional problems that exist within the police and you know there are some practical ways that you can do this for instance when it comes around to voting for police and crime commissioners in your local area, can you do this with these principles at the forefront of your mind
0: These discussions that I've had with Christian friends have actually been really fruitful so I think just opening up those discussions is a really good place to start and we can always just look at Jesus' example and Jesus so clearly respects and elevates the voices of women challenging the cultural norms of his time and speaking truth into the society he form part of and as with everything it'll do us some good to emulate him mm-hmm. I also think there's just space to talk about these issues more in church perhaps if you're a preacher you could bring in um, these issues that we've talked about as some of your examples in your next talk or just start a discussion with another member of church I also know that a lot of men, especially my male Christian friends, just feel very helpless and kind of they, they can't make any difference for, for women that they know. Um, and I just want to say, I guess, that God calls us to be light and darkness. So um, the voice that you have does matter. Um, so whether you challenge kind of um, jokes or perceptions that you see in, in the, the cultures and communities you find a part of, um, you can really make a difference by bringing God's light in, and just practically showing that you're not a threat by walking a bit further away from a woman at night is always a good a good step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you can also like you can take political action. There's things that you can do mm. on a bigger political scale, So you know, with the light of the cases that we've seen, it's clear that we have ineffective vetting and misconduct systems. But the great thing about that is it's really fixable. We can, you know, improve those systems within the police. The recommendation from the Centre for Women's Justice is having an independent reporting and investigation system mm-hmm. and sort of this change of focus from victims to suspects in how we do police this. Um, and you know in Latin America there are women led police stations the first women's police station opened in Brazil in 1985 and just sort of new ideas like this that aim to improve access to justice for women
0: they make a real difference isn't it it's amazing the examples that we can see in other countries but it's also you know I don't think we should be without hope even with all the kind of distressing things we've talked about today. Um, even though the relationship between the police and the people has been really difficult recently, there is real hope, like the Graduate Scheme Police Now is beginning to really diversify the police force um, anecdotally, and um, particularly among kind of ethnic minorities and also just increasing the number of women. Um, and I was really encouraged by looking at the British Association for Women in Policing's website. Um, it's a real source of encouragement with stories of kind of female police officers. And it also provides a mouthpiece for women who are in policing so that they have have their voices heard specifically and i think as christians we can always um, we can always pray um, and we should absolutely continue to pray for the safety of women for our police force and all other community organizations that work in this area um, we believe that prayer matters that god hears us and that it can also move our hearts towards action
1: Thanks Hazel. I think that's a great place to end. Um, So thank you so much for listening to this 10 Minutes On from the Joint Public Issues team. If you have enjoyed this podcast then please do share it around and you can find out more about JPIT on our website jpit.uk. That's jpit.uk.
0: Yeah and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll speak to you soon.